0: Hello everyone and welcome back to That Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Hello, hello everyone. All righty then guys, we currently have a couple dogs in the recording studio with us today, so hopefully they... The recording studio is <laughs> <laughs> your living room. Anyway, here we are. Welcome to a new week, welcome to a new Monday. Evie, how are you feeling? Absolutely fan dabby dozy. Fan dubby dozy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. How are you feeling? Um, Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Sun shining. Finally. Birds are chirping. What's been layman's sound in your week? My sound has
1: been that Terry is fully back into work now and we have nailed our three time changes and four time changes.
0: And I witnessed them.
1: Across the diagonal as well, not yeah.
0: on the long side. And then Evie did a fantastic, like, cele- celebratory... Lap of honour. Lap of
1: honour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do, like, one leg old, and I'm like, way! Lap of honour! Yeah. yeah, you were in it. And the lap of is longer than the actual... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, way longer. <laughs> no, so I'm actually really pleased about that. Yeah. The changes have been a tricky one, but I feel like we're finally at that point now where... For Terry, at least, they're not novel anymore. You know, he just does them. Whereas before, yeah. it was always just the excitement of, like, doing a flying change. I think we spoke about it in one of the episodes
0: before. Getting a line of 10 changes, it's like a real milestone, though, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And for
1: anyone that doesn't know, like, how would you explain the four-time um, changes and the three-time changes? Skipping. But, yeah, but so not skipping
0: every stride, skipping every fourth stride.
1: Yeah, so imagine, so say with a four-time change, it would be you're skip, you're skipping four times... And, and then, then you're no, changing no, your no, legs
0: you're cantering
1: yeah like canter, canter 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 yeah but skipping
0: is where you change legs oh oh
1: yeah you're right yeah
0: you're and right cantering if, if you're non-horsey you don't know what fine changes are you need to go and canter you know <laughs> <laughs> go in your garden go in your garden <laughs> and um, pretend to be a pony and canter around and canter four strides four steps yes yeah. And then skip
1: to change onto yeah. the other leg, canter four steps, skip to change onto the other leg, and then the three times is the exact same, but you just you canter three steps and change. It's like rocket science, yeah. and
0: luckily Evie and I rocket scientists. We do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard work, with someone's got to go do it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I was really pleased with that, especially today because the farmer delivered some haylage in his massive tractor with the trailer and everything, and it was right by the we arena. Love a massive tractor, yeah. <laughs> bigger than track. <laughs> you know what they Say. <laughs> about a big tractor no so that was right next to the arena and terry still did them absolutely yeah. fine and was fully focused and i was like wow that's actually a real this is like a pinnacle moment yeah so i'm really pleased with that however i would say my lame is that i've got so much money going out this week on terry
0: Oh, it's painful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think I calculated it's like over 300 pounds this week alone Mm. because he's having new shoes tomorrow. He had the physio today and he also was clipped today because he's so fluffy. Again, we've gone into the summer and his summer coat has not summered. (laughs) So I've had to clip him again and I think I'm just going to clip him throughout the summer because i just don't like the idea of him getting too hot when he's working i just don't think it's nice no he's like a hairy
0: man that just constantly is waxing
1: yeah and i'm just like you know how is he gonna perform at his peak
0: if he's when too hot hairy. yeah when you're hairy <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah so i had to pay for him to be clipped as well which meant that to pay for Sedlin as well because he doesn't like his legs being clipped
0: yeah little he's, a bit, he's a bit
1: particular about his legs being clipped <laughs> set to pay for saddling, and i'm just like oh i don't mind spending money on my horse like i would way rather spend money on my horse than myself i think we're all the same on that but i like when it's like spread out yeah. so for me if it was like the farrier was this week the physio was the week after i'd be like yep yeah, whatever but it's the fact that it's like boom 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 like yeah. in two days i'm like oh
0: no i just had to pay a 600 pound vet bill Oh, yeah love that and I, I i had to sit down whilst i was paying it cause yeah. i was like if, I, if i'm not sitting down i will be sad afterwards
1: you, it'll, it'll put you in an early grade <laughs> it put me in my place yeah. definitely <laughs> you were humbled i was very much humbled by that uh, that phone call loved it what about
0: you anyway what's been lame and sound in your week um, What's been lame is that we have all of our foals back. <laughs> no, is they're that not lame? foals. That's nice. No, what did you ask?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said, What's been lame and sound? And You said, What's lame is we've got all of our foals
0: back. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realise that. What's sound is that we have all of our foals back. Yeah. Which is so nice because obviously they're not foals now. We've got a two-year-old, a yearling, and now we've got a foal. But it's just so nice for them all to be together. So we've got Juniper, who was born in 2021. Then we've got Jellybean, who's her full sister, who's born last year. And then we have Mosi. Now Jellybean and Juniper are out in the field with my now-retired Grand Prix horse Apollo, and it's just so nice to have them home because they're like homebreds, born here, and now they're back. It's very nice
1: to have the four sisters out together as well. There's something really special about that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they met for the
0: first time yesterday. They're both black and it's just lovely. Yeah, it, it was really, really nice, really nice moment. And also they were in a field where they could see their mum, Sarah May. Yeah. And she was staring at them and they were staring at her and it was like they all just went oh my god that's my mummy and then like juniper was like no that's my mummy and Jellybean was like no it's my mummy and i was like it's like a little family gathering you're fine and then mosey was in the background like mosey is such an adorable foal isn't she do the roar <laughs> <laughs> because the- <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says. But she's so sweet. I love Mosi so much. She's just angelic, isn't she? Yeah, she's so cute. She's just got a lovely personality. And it is really funny, actually, how different the folds can be when they first come out. Like, even though Juniper and Jellybean are full sisters, they're very different personalities. And yeah, they, they are. They, like, showed that within their first few days. And Mosi's so different again from them, even though she's half sister.
1: I would say she's like the middle ground between the two. Like, I think she's really sweet, but she just got a bit of sass as well, I think. Yeah. yeah,
0: but yeah, that oh, that that was really nice, and also to see them out with Apollo, it just made my heart. Although like, the process of getting beep.
1: them in the field was a bit stressful. Yeah, no, like.
0: we skip over that bit. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> a lame thing is that weird things have been happening on the yard recently. Yeah, they have involving crows, broken glass, and trails of blood. And me, like Effie. I'm it's just like weird. We had like two days where also. The weather was just,
1: like, cloudy and windy. I was walking towards the um, feed barn and Nelly, my dog, was trotting down with me. And she, like, bolted to go into the hay barn. And I heard loads of, like, smashed, broken glass. So, obviously, I go running down because I think, what's Nelly done? And two crows had, like, obviously, presumably, flown out of the hay barn through the window and smashed both windows either side. And I was like, if this was an opening chapter <laughs> of a book... <laughs>
0: This is like foreshadowing something. This is a bad Bad, yeah. Yeah. And then the next day, I was just walking down the yard and I was like, what? Because there was just a trail of like fresh blood down the yard. Yeah, it was weird. And that was really weird. And I hadn't put like two and two together. And then later on in the day... I went to go and like clean out my stables and there was a massive trail, like fresh blood down one of my feed buckets that'd be in the stable. And I was like, that is weird. And also I was a bit panicked. so I was like, why is that blood about? Yeah. Like, we were checking all the horses over like, nope, they're definitely all fine. And then the next day I saw this fat crow. Yeah, it must have been there. the
1: crow that smashed through the window.
0: And crows are weird. We don't really have crows around that much because we live in the Chilterns. So we have loads of red kites. There are quite a few crows though. Yeah, but these are, these are like mutant crows. Yeah, but there,
1: there's that crow that like always sees himself in the arena mirror and is like, attacking himself in the arena
0: mirror. And then we have to put an owl on top of the yeah. mirrors. It's like, though, if anyone remembers The Vampire Diaries, the opening episode of The Vampire Diaries, there's like a big crow in there that follows one of the vampires about. Yeah, there's
1: something ominous about crows, isn't, isn't it? there? Well, a group
0: of crows, it's like a murder of crows, isn't it? That's what a group of crows Really? Are Yes, you know how it's like a herd of horses. It's a murder of crows. Also, it comes at the same time as Midsummer Murders is soon to be filmed in in the the village. (laughs) I know, and I'm like, are they actually filming this because it's actually about to happen? Yeah, Mm.
1: creepy. Or maybe the crows are extras in the Midsummer Murders, and they just got here early and they're practicing (laughs) to
0: fly out of a window. Oh my god! I met a famous crow.
1: Imagine. Can't believe it,
0: but yeah, that's that's been lame, been a bit weird, yeah, bit of been, a weird vibe. It has been a weird vibe. Other than that, my horses are going really good. Um, hopefully, taking Simrak meeting soon. More on that later. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about it. <laughs> moving not so swiftly on to dilemmas.
1: Dilemma number one. Hi girls, loving the podcast. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how to deal with a situation where your horse doesn't feel quite right, but everyone else is saying to just crack on with it. I don't need to go into the thick of it, but I was even told at one point that it was all in my mind and that I needed to have some sports psychology sessions to sort it out. I think we have finally gotten to the bottom of the issues now, but would love to hear your input on it. Thanks. By issues, do you think she means medical issues? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. Like when someone says, oh, my horse doesn't feel quite right, it usually means... Like a medical veterinary
0: issue. Yeah. Yeah, because if it was like behavioral, then surely people wouldn't be suggesting how to just get on with it. Yeah. Initial thoughts is that sometimes I feel like I go through this. I think everyone does. It's very common. But I would also say it's quite common for people to kind of disregard it a little bit. Because I feel like as the rider of a horse you will have the most connection with them and you will know when something's not right. But from the outside, often it's impossible to see. So sometimes you can be like, oh no, it's just in your head, kick on, like crack on with it, you'll be fine. But actually you do need to listen to your gut instinct as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you
1: as a rider and as an owner, you know your horse the best. But what I would say is that I think sometimes with trainers or like, outside influences them dismissing your feeling isn't necessarily them trying to be rude or nasty often I think it's coming from like a place of care and support you know they don't want to stress you out for instance so they're like oh no it's fine it's fine you know don't worry about it or if they don't see it, like, of course, they're not going to lie and say, oh, yeah, there's something not quite right unless they believe it. So I think sometimes maybe depersonalizing it and thinking rather than feeling as though everyone's against you and, you know, thinking you're an idiot or whatever, actually think maybe it's because they, they care.
0: Yeah, potentially. <laughs> I would also say if you do do feel like there's something wrong with your horse and you think it's a medical issue that you want to be sorted i would say you've got to keep going with that until it gets sorted yeah you have to follow your gut
1: Yeah. And also it's your horse. So it's your decision. Even if you have people telling you, oh, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong. You make the final decision. And if you think something's wrong, then investigate it.
0: Well, even more than that, you know, if you're going to a vet who is saying, no, your horse is fine. Your horse is sound, crack on. And you still feel like there's something wrong then you've got to go to different vets. You've got to push it. You've got to say, no, there is something wrong.
1: Yeah, and it's nothing personal as well. I mean, speaking from like a personal experience recently, actually, Terry didn't feel quite right. Say the whole pre abscesses situation. Terry didn't feel quite right. No one else could really see it because it was tiny when I was riding him. And I was just saying, no, there's something not right. You know, he doesn't usually turn like that. He doesn't usually make a step like that. And again, from an outsider's perspective, they're probably thinking, oh, she's reading too much into it. She's paranoid because also before, I think the week before, he knocked his leg in the field and like had swelling and whatnot. So for them, they might be thinking, oh, she's got the swelling in her mind so she's thinking it's to do with that which again makes perfect sense I understand that completely but yeah I was like no it's not right it's not right so I got the vet out multiple times and the vet at the time actually was you know saying oh I think it might be in the hind legs you know might need hocks or whatever doing and I was like no I really think it's in the front like I've just got a gut feeling when I'm riding him it's in the front and then we took his shoes off and there was an abscess in both front feet yeah you know and it was nothing personal the vet wasn't like oh you know funny that I was pushing it I think again and it depends on like your team. Your team should respect your decisions and your opinions. They shouldn't just disregard them. So if you've got a vet or a trainer that's basically overriding your thought process, then like you said, maybe question their value and quality because a good trainer and a good vet and a good physio or whatever should listen to you as well. Like you should bridge your knowledge of the horse and your experience with the horse with their expertise and work together.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I would say on the other side of that, You can get some people that are constantly crying wolf. Well, that's the thing. And that's why I was sort of saying that rather than feeling as though everyone's
1: against you when they're saying, oh, I can't see it, I'm sure he's fine. You do need to bear in mind the wider context. So like for me, for instance, I think I tend to be a bit of a hypochondriac
0: with my horses. Oh, me too. I'm I'm a nightmare.
1: You're almost waiting for something to go wrong because like the thought of that is just so devastating. But you're just like, oh, this is too good to be true. Like, you know, and you're so precious about them that you're looking for things that need to be fixing all the time. So I think I think I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. I like to investigate and like know everything all the
0: time it's not if they go lame it's when they go lame well that's
1: the thing and everything's so preventative as well like you're better preventing things rather than just letting it like get to a point where all of a sudden they're not
0: right but yeah so for this dilemma i would say you have to stick to your gut and you've got to go right if Everyone around me, if my vet's not listening to me, if my trainer's not listening to me, my friends are telling me to go see a sports psychologist or... Then you really need to stick to your gut and just be like, no, there is something wrong with my horse. And also you kind of, you are the voice of your horse. Yeah, and maybe vocalise that because the other people might
1: not think that this is how they've made you feel. So maybe just say, listen, I really appreciate your opinion and your time to like look at my horse and see whether it's wrong but I'm telling you my gut is telling me this. And just really push that home because I think you'd be surprised actually people do change their opinion and they're a bit like, oh, okay. I mean, that's at least like what I, I had with the vet that I quite firmly was like, no, I think it's in front. And luckily our vet's like amazing. So he was like, okay, let's have a look, you know, yeah. rather than some vets that are like, "We well, know you don't know what you're talking about. Why would I look there?
0: Yeah. And I think that goes back to, I think, stuff that we've said in the past and that you've got to have a team that you trust and that trust you. I was speaking to someone the other day, actually, who was saying
1: that he had this horse in for training livery. And and he was like, you know, the horse has got something wrong with their neck. It's definitely in the neck. And the owner of the horse was quite tricky. And her vet was the one that was coming to see the horse. And the vet was just not listening to him at all. Didn't investigate the neck, you know, basically investigated everything else. And then later on, he said to the owner, do you mind if I get my vet out? And the vet investigated the neck. And it, there was a problem there. Yeah. Yeah. But he was like, it's so frustrating when that happens, but he often has that because he's young as well. Yeah. I mean, we both have that as well. Like people just assume because you're young that you don't actually know what you're talking about, but it happens a lot. Yeah. Like you're not alone is what I'm trying to say. Even professionals who are working within the industry and earning a living from it, still have people turn around to them and say, Well, no, I can't see it.
0: Yeah. I would also say getting a sports bet, you know, so if you're trying to do dressage and you don't feel like your left canterpite is the same as your right canterpite and you feel that like there's an issue there that maybe could lead to a potential injury or a problem then you need to get a sports fair out to look yeah. at it you know it really wildly stresses me out when especially in the past when i've done a lot of teaching when you go out and you see a horse and you're like i can see that horse has got a problem and the rider goes oh no I had the horse checked and the vet just trotted him up and he was fine. And I was like, right, so the vet trotted him up on a straight line, but he's crippled lame when he does a 10-metre circle. Yeah. Why did the vet not ask you to ride him or lunge him or lunge him on the hard or anything? He just watched him trot up in a straight line. I said, that's not a sports vet. Yeah. You know, if you want a performance vet.
1: Yeah, high performance. I mean, we're really lucky with ours.
0: Yeah. He's brilliant. absolutely love you.
1: But yeah, I feel like we're going on a bit of like a different... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I was surprised actually about people suggesting sports psychology sessions though yeah I didn't really that's, that's a bit weird that's quite heavy that's quite an intense thing to say to somebody for instance if you were like oh Simba doesn't feel quite right for me to turn around and be like you I can't sports see psychology. it yeah I think you might need to go to the therapist yeah. like
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'd be like sit back that, down that <laughs>
1: response in itself I'm almost <laughs> questioning the people around you
0: yeah, maybe drop them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe leave. <laughs> because Indeed. yeah, that doesn't
0: seem right at all. No, no. That is weird. You
1: need to surround yourself with people that are open minded and
0: respect your opinion. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you're only as good as your team. But yeah,
1: key points are you're not alone. Everyone's encountered this, especially professionals and that stick to your guns. You know your horse best. Be firm and strong in your opinion and keep investigating until you find something. It's the exact same with people with physical health problems. You just need to keep going. And good luck with it. Yeah, and hope you're okay as well. It's not very nice being told that you're, like, paranoid and ludicrous and Yeah, no, it's not
0: a nice feeling. No. No. Okay, moving on to dilemma two, and also I hope that we answered that last one well because it was quite hard to answer. Yeah, and I feel like we just went on a bit. Of time. Yeah, we just had blubbered on. But anyway, dilemma two. Hey guys, firstly, thank you for starting this podcast. It's the highlight of my Monday. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I have more of a question than a dilemma, but how do you guys fit in eating around the horses? I run my own yard and find I live off coffee or Red Bull with little to no food until the evening. I realise this is very unhealthy, so what do you guys do? Thank you from a caffeine-fuelled listener. (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. Other than the fact that you're living off coffee and Red Bull, which is... That hurts my soul. Yeah, it's far from lovely, that. So, Evie. How do you fit in food around working with horses? I'm
1: very passionate about nutrition. I just <laughs> what you were going to gonna say I'm very passionate about food. <laughs> so for me, at least, I pack my food each day. Yeah. Which I think really helps because for me, I find that if I pack my own food, then I definitely know what I'm putting into my body and also that I've got enough. Yeah. You know, so I usually pack breakfast, which is usually like a jam jar of like porridge oats or something like that. I usually pack a couple of bananas and then I do a lunch, which is usually either leftovers from dinner the night before or it's like tuna rice tuna salad something that's quite easy for me to do in the morning and then I usually have like an apple in there as well and like maybe a couple of other snacks but yeah I just find that pre-planning is
0: where it's at yeah so meal prep yeah I would yeah. say that that's just like fundamental so meal prep is like a huge thing at the moment isn't it meal prepping every meal practically but loads of people don't know
1: yeah loads of people don't put enough time in their nutrition which baffles me because I'm like you are what you eat or at least that's how I I feel... I know some people don't really feel like that. They can just run on, like, coffee and chocolate and be absolutely fine. But for me, if I don't eat healthily, I literally feel horrendous.
0: And you've got to think about, as well, we feed our horses so well. Why don't we feed ourselves so well? Yeah, well, exactly. But I do, you know, I sympathize with this question because fitting it in around horses can be hard because, you know, you can't eat like a really big nutritious breakfast and then go out and work or go out and ride.
1: Yeah, that's hard.
0: Yeah. You know, you see all these like Instagram influencers and whatnot, but they like they'll go for a run in the morning, then come back and have a big breakfast. And then, you know, they're not doing anything physical Yeah. For like the next four hours.
1: Yeah. That's why I usually start first
0: thing with just a banana. Yeah.
1: Because then I like come in, have a cup of tea to get my caffeine and I have a banana and then I can do the morning shift. And then we usually have like, what, half an hour for breakfast or something. Yeah. And that's when I have my porridge. But again, it's a little jam jar. So it's not like. It's not a huge amount. It's not a huge amount. No. So that works quite well for me. I think it's, it's meal planning, but it's also trial and error. Finding what works for your body and
0: what meal sizes and what type of foods work for your body as well. Yeah i'd say it's about finding the type of food that is going to sustain you for the longest time but what i would say
1: is also try and be a bit like kind to yourself and know that not you're not gonna eat like a champion every single day because life does get in the way yeah but all you can do really is try your best
0: yeah sometimes i know that if i have a really super busy day and i don't think i'm gonna get any breaks to eat which i think is what this dilemma is based on is that they don't have any time to eat is that You need to make something that is going to sustain you throughout the morning. So sometimes what I do when I've got days like that is I'll make overnight oats with chia seeds. Chia seeds are meant to like really fill you up. And really keep you going And then because it's overnight oats You can eat it cold And I take that onto the yard with me And then just have like a little bit Throughout the day Because then as well If you're like jumping from horse to horse You cannot ride in a full stomach Like no, it's just not feasible And it just makes you feel gross And it's just There's not a vibe And I think that's That's where a lot of people Then don't eat enough But if you can come in From riding one While you're untacking it Have a mouthful of something Just to sustain your body That's snacks
1: are quite good Like bananas Or like protein bars or cereal bars. I mean, like look at cereal bars because lots of them aren't good for you at all, but you can get healthy ones. Yeah. Those are good, like just to have in your pocket. So if you're like walking down with a horse, you can just quickly have a little snack and
0: then... Yeah, just munch on it. I think
1: also as well, it's about, it's just about being organized really, like not just meal planning, but also factoring in what's happening, say that day. Yeah. So last night, for instance, like we've had a really intense day today. I think like, I actually didn't have a break really until like 2.30. Yeah. You know, I was on the yard uh, from first thing until then, but I knew it was going to be like that. So before I left the house this morning at like half six, I had a big breakfast. And then throughout those hours, I had things like bananas or like a little bar in
0: my pocket or things like that. So I was snacking sort of throughout. And it's it's about pre-planning yeah 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 literally you've just got to pre-plan and if you're for instance somewhere where there is no like facilities to make anything for lunch then you've just got to bring it with you well
1: that's what i do i literally have a i come in every day with a bag full of
0: food yeah
1: And I used to do that as well, even prior to working within the equestrian industry, when I had a job in Birmingham, my commute was so crazy, because long story short, my job at the time, I wasn't just going to an office and staying there. I was going to like four different places in one day, and it was a lot of traveling. So I used to cook all my lunches on the sunday because it's what five lunches like because it was monday friday job yeah. so i usually just do them all on a sunday and put them in the fridge so then they're yeah. done and then it's just putting that in your bag with a few snacks that you've already bought in your food shop like it's really not that hard it's just you need to like prioritize it yeah but yeah caffeine and red bull odour. Oh yeah that not I'd say that's not good for the not... digestive system no
0: and also the longevity of that is not particularly good you will burn out but so many horsey people eat a terrible I, it is actually terrifying how bad horsey people eat it's like terrifying. i know so many people that are like no i don't eat till the evening mm, or they just eat really bad food like chocolate and cake and yeah because cake is like an essential in every time i room, mean don't but... get me
1: wrong like treat yourself i have a bit of chocolate or a bit of cake every single day yeah again it's it's the nutritional plate like don't ever exclude one food item but certain things you just need to have in moderation. But you need to make sure you get your carbs, your protein. They're like, you know, your macros. They're the most important. But also get your treats in there as well because they like pick you up during the day. And sometimes like a sugar hit is what you need just to, I don't yeah. know, finish that last hour on the yard. And also it's just to pick me up. So don't be like restrictive with your food. Have like a wide variety. But yeah, I do know a lot of people that, for instance, only have sweets and chocolate. I know,
0: really stress me out. Also, yeah. I would say invest in a massive water bottle.
1: Yeah. And take
0: that with you wherever you go. Yeah, I would I probably
1: say I drink about four litres a day. But again, stay hydrated. You don't have to drink four litres, but that's what works for me. I know the recommended is two, but that's not enough for me. But I guess because we have such a physical job, you have to remember that you're sweating out all the time. So you probably have to have more than the average person. Because we're technically athletes, you know, in inverted commas. I say inverted commas, but we are.
0: I mean, working with horses is so physically demanding on your body, you know.
1: Yeah, and get supplements in there as well. Put electrolytes in your water or, you know, get multivitamins or there are lots of tonic tonics as well. I mean, I'm not saying use that for your diet, but like if you're figuring out what works for you, you can always have those little supplements alongside that as well, just to give you a boost. So rather than having like three chocolate biscuits, maybe have like a shot of metatone tonic, because that probably. Be better for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, like little things like that. But then, you know, if you have tried these things and you really cannot fit it into your day or whatever, then just really try and think about having a really balanced, healthy meal in the evenings.
1: Yeah, and again, if you can't fit it in the day, maybe question your working day. Or if you're employed by somebody and you don't have time to eat, that's not good enough. But this question
0: says she runs her own yard.
1: Oh, well, then that's your responsibility to factor time in your day. I know that's really hard, but like, for instance, today, I went up at, what, 2.30? I probably had like a 20-minute lunch but I said to the woman clipping tower, I said, Do you mind if I just pop up and get a quick bite to eat? I still had a meal yeah. in that because like because I bring my meal with me ready made, it takes me like five or ten minutes to eat it. Yeah. So it's that in the grand scheme of the whole day, is nothing. Yeah. But again, it's all in the preparation.
0: Yeah. Okay, so key points, preparation is key. Yeah. Um something about macros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: very passionate about my food. I really am. I think I eat quite well though. You
0: eat very well. Very, very well. Thank you. I slip up with the odd white bread. I feel
1: like I've influenced the group a bit, though, with my eating. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I have a little bit.
0: Yeah. I I do try and eat really healthy. You eat well.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I try. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just make the time for it. Prepare and make sure you have time. Because, like, you don't feel your body. You're not going to feel your work. Love Island is back on, Evie. I know, I've watched it. I haven't watched any of it. I know. You are like, oh, we should watch that for the podcast. <laughs> and then I just haven't done it. And I messaged you being like, Love Island's on, Like, let's watch it. And you were like... No, I can't be bothered to turn on the TV. And I was like, <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, yeah, every single one of the team watched it. But unfortunately, there's no dressage ride, isn't it this year. I know. I, I'd love. I don't want to go onto Love Island, but I think it'd be really funny if I did. It'd be really funny if you did. <laughs> such a you're curable. so not a Love Island type <laughs> of girl. I think they'd put me on it for that reason, though. Yeah. Apart from all the boys would be crying after like half a day. <laughs> I'd be like, you're a loser. You're a <laughs> <laughs> don't like you don't like you don't like you <laughs> you're an idiot because of this <laughs> you don't know how to treat women because of this
0: <laughs> it would be very funny i
1: mean i've only watched what how many episodes have there been two i have no idea i have no idea i'm not a love island expert you know i couldn't believe it was starting again i was like god we've just had it i feel like yeah that was a winter one wasn't that? i didn't oh, watch that, that was the one with farmer will yeah i really didn't watch that at all no, I no idea what was going on but i'd like to watch the first episode right. because like it's when they're all it being sets the tone yeah and and it's like the vt of like them as a person and things like that and then i sort of like i wouldn't say i'm a religious viewer like i sort of dip in and out i watch lots of videos on instagram so i know sort of roughly what's going on but yeah. i probably couldn't tell you their names but i quite like watching it for a social element so like if there are friends like oh do you want to watch love I, love I like watching
0: it in a group i would yeah. just sit on my own and watch it i would say something that bugs me is and this is literally only men when they're like oh no hey lover won't will watch that like that's i can't believe people actually watch that i'm like stop having opinions <laughs> firstly let people live yeah. it's trashy tv that everyone loves yeah i think it's funny i think it's funny
1: it's mindless television that's the point like you know some people yeah. just want to tune in in the evening they don't want to have to concentrate or feel anything they just want to like sit there gormless like on we... their phone looking up every now and then yeah
0: we had one like middle-aged livery who absolutely was obsessed with love island and if we didn't watch the episode from the night before she'd come in she'd be like can you believe he said that and that she said that and she absolutely loved it it was actually like the love island debrief in the tack room every single day for one summer it was a
1: great some people watch it because they idolize the people that go in it and they want to be them which I personally find like not to shame anyone mm, a bit, bit scary. a bit scary a yeah. bit Black Mirror vibe and then you get your people like me who watch it for like a social experiment yeah <laughs> I like looking at it from like a psychological perspective like human interaction human dynamics why people do what they do that sort of thing and then you get your people that are just like taking the mick out of it yeah. But I enjoy it, you know. I dip in and out, but yeah, it's fun. I don't know
0: anything that's going on in the horse world right now. No, I don't. The horse world's being a bit quiet at the moment, I'd say. We say that. Probably something like absolutely massive happening that we just have no idea about. No. If it's not in the Horse and Hound magazine, though, I'm just not interested. I haven't read the Horse and Hound for, for a long time, We actually. get
1: it literally every week. I look at the pictures, though. I'm terrible. It's not a picture book. It yet. is, though. There's it's loads it's of pictures picture
0: it. book. I knew there was something Sorry, do you actually sit day, down day? and read it? Not cover. Really? To yeah, cover. <laughs> that's what I mean. Not cover dabble. Together. I uh used to write online blogs for Horse and Hound. If anyone wants to go and read them. Shout out. Tragic, you uh, <laughs> promoting yourself like Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's quite tragic. Yeah.
1: Do you remember when I was in the horse now for the first time and they got my horse's name wrong? That was no great. one
0: ever knows how to say Evelina Sharif at a competition. It's Evelinda <laughs> Schneeve or something mm. so stupid. They're getting it now though. Are they? My name's getting out. <laughs> which I find quite interesting. I'm like, what's changed? I went through a phase where... Whenever I competed, the commentator would mention Samantha. <laughs> it used to wind me up so much because you know when you got like a big sister, or well you don't know, but you got like a big sister, and you're kind of wanting to step out of their shadow. Oh well, they'll be like, "Oh, and her sister Samantha's done this." Or Literally, that is what they'd say. And in every time I won something, if it went in Horse and Hound or it went up anywhere, I'd be younger sister of Samantha and Baker, Joanna, and I'd be like, "I'm my own person. I'm not just Samantha." <laughs> sister and then that's nice though in a way yeah it was cute and then i think it was like apollo was owned on his bd record by samantha <laughs> so every time i'd go in it would be jonathan baker riding her sister samantha Baker's high flip apollo and i'd be like no i'd be like quit she doesn't own him he owns himself stop <laughs> yeah i can't relate no i'm a one-man band okay <laughs> a one girl dress like a rider. it's just you all righty then guys i would say this podcast felt a little bit here there and everywhere but i think that's where our mental state is right now so it's a metaphor (laughs) thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week love you bye. Bye. bye